welcome to podcast number 15. Today we're going to clear up any confusion about TSA, Global Entry, Clear, and Nexus. What are the differences? Which one suits you best? And we're also going to get a better understanding of what TSA allows and doesn't allow in your carry-on luggage. I am Felicia Demas with Imagination Travel and Tips. Well, what does TSA currently prohibit from being in your carry-on bag? And what they allow that you may be surprised about? First of all, to clarify, TSA stands for Transportation Security Administration. It was created after the terrorist attacks on 9-11. TSA is responsible for screening approximately, get this, 700 million passengers a year. TSA is specifically for the United States, but there are equivalent organizations in other countries. So why isn't TSA consistent about what you have to take through security? Sometimes maybe you've noticed that you inadvertently, I'm hoping, (laughs) pack something you shouldn't have, and other times maybe that same thing gets you pulled aside. Personally, I've noticed there's inconsistency with my tablet. I have an iPad. Sometimes they say, remove your tablet, laptop, and your phone, and other times they don't say that at all. Well, the main reason is they want there to be inconsistency. If every single time a bomb smuggler knows exactly what will be checked, they're going to find a way around this. Not having it routine, maybe it's exasperating at times, but we can always look at it as non-routine is the routine. And they are there for our safety. Note the S in TSA stands for security. Another area of seemingly inconsistent behavior is what do you show the TSA agent? Your ID, your boarding pass, or both? Murphy's Law, it states that whatever you don't have ready is what will be needed. As of today, see today is October 24th, 2022, TSA will no longer need to scan boarding passes at some airports, but not all, so you should always be prepared and have both ready. They're going to accept the boarding pass from your phone or the paper ticket. When you give your ID to the TSA agent, they scan it in a CAT unit, C-A-T. That means credential authentication, (laughs) authentication technology. This is linked to a database and that confirms you're actually ticketed for travel that day. In case you always wondered what what is it that they look at. If you arrive at the airport without proper ID, you may still be allowed to fly. And really, if you listen to any of my other earlier podcasts, then you know that you should have all your documents photographed and saved on your phone. But let's say your phone and your ID got stolen. Gosh, I hope not. Uh, Are you going to be stuck until you get a new ID? Well, not necessarily. You definitely would need to allow extra time, but TSA does have other ways to confirm your identity. That being said, If your identity can't be verified, you won't be allowed to enter the screening checkpoint to proceed. All right, if I ask you, what are the items you know you can't take through security? I know the first thing you're going to say is a gun. That's obvious. 
The same can be said for any weapon. So like if, you, if you're like a ninja wannabe, you need to leave your throwing stars at home. You can pack them, but in your, carry, uh, in your checked luggage only. You're probably also going to say no liquids over 3.4 ounces. There are exceptions to this. Hand sanitizer, especially I mean, ever since COVID. And you can bring up to 12 ounces of that. And it doesn't need to be in a quart-sized bag. Also, baby formula or breast milk, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. There are other items that you may not be aware of that cannot go through security, and maybe some are even going to make you laugh a little. For example, English Christmas crackers. These are not crackers that you eat. They're like party favors, but there's actually a small, 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 minuscule amount of gunpowder in them, and they make a bang sound. That's part of their charm. The same goes for fireworks, not even fireworks allowed in checked baggage. Any kind of candy that has a fizzing or popping to it. Well, I say popping, like a tiny little bang. So there's a candy called Zots. My mouth is watering just thinking about Zots. It's Z-O-T-Z. If you don't know, it's a hard candy and it's got like a baking soda type powder in it. So that's not allowed because the baking soda looks like, you know, detrimental powder. And I'm still trying to determine and find out if Pop Rocks candy is allowed because it makes a little pop, 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 pop sound, which is also making my mouth water. Um, you can't bring on a liquid filled lollipop, but you can bring candy filled with liquor, even if it's the same quantity inside each piece of candy. That's kind of a little bit confusing. Solid candy is acceptable, but I had a friend who returned from Belgium and she had all her Belgium chocolates confiscated. Maybe that was part of the inconsistency, right? You can bring cakes, pies, and cupcakes through security, but this will lend itself to additional screening. There was a story not too long ago about a woman who tried to go through security in Las Vegas and she wanted to bring back a cupcake and it was confiscated basically because of the frosting. Now, this is kind of strange too. TSA classifies frosting as a liquid and they say if you can spill it, spray it, spread it, or pour it, it's not a solid and therefore it should be packed in a checked bag. But their website also states that hummus is allowed. Oh, and so is cottage cheese. In my opinion, hummus has the same consistency as a frosting. So not really sure that they're sure. Um, not too long ago, I heard a story about a woman who took a Subway footlong sandwich with her to Australia and she forgot about it. She didn't declare it upon arrival and she was fined $1,400. But now I guess we're talking about customs and we'll dig into that in another podcast. Toner, cartridges, and ink, if they weigh more than 16 ounces, cannot go in either a carry-on or checked baggage. And speaking of what you can't bring back in checked luggage, 
One thing is a battery charger for your phone. You know, the kind that you can, you charge it up and then it will charge your phone. It's a separate device, not one of those that attaches itself to the phone like a case. Um, I learned this the hard way in New Delhi when I was escorted below the airport and the guy kept asking me along the way if I had any white coconuts in my suitcase. So yeah, white coconuts are banned also. And I believe he was talking about like the inside, the white part. Um, not that anybody wants to bring back just the outside, but I'm just saying no white coconuts. You actually can pack aerosol insecticides, but only in your checked luggage and only <laughs> if it doesn't say hazardous on the can, but you cannot take that in your carry-on. And um, I've never really paid attention to anything aerosol to see if it says hazardous or not, but I imagine that they all are. Someone let me know if I'm wrong. But also you cannot bring on the plane bear spray, no matter what the size. And I know you're thinking, how many times do we encounter bears on planes? Well, <laughs> that's true. We really don't have any uh, bears that go on planes. But sometimes people don't want to have um, a big, I mean, have, they only want to have checked luggage and maybe they're going camping or something, but you cannot pack bear spray in your carry-on. Snow globes, that's another one that can't be packed in your carry-on, but that's only because the liquid inside is probably more than 3.4 ounces. Mar medical marijuana is also prohibited. Even if you have a legal prescription, it's still considered illegal under federal law and airports are governed by federal law. There are some airports in cities in the U.S. where marijuana is sold, uh, not in the airport, but in the cities, and they have ban uh, sorry, bins that you can dispose of that marijuana. I started to say bans because marijuana is banned, um, but you know, they have little bins sitting up in the airport. They're, they're called amnesty bins or amnesty barrels. Um, and I, I, I really am curious to know what do they do with that? Um, I, I believe that they do the same thing that police do when they confiscate drugs. Um, let's see. That leads us now to CBD oil. In some states, you can enter with low THC hemp and CBD oil, but not in others. If you want to know before a trip, please let me know. And whether if it's in the U.S. or out of the country, and I'll verify it for you. Also, alcoholic beverages over 140 proof. Under 140 proof, you can pack it in your carry-on if it's 3.4 ounces or less, and it fits in the clear one-quart sized bag. Now, if you're coming back international and you got some liquor at uh, uh, in the airport itself, they're going to seal it up pretty good for you. In some cases, they'll let you take it with you. In other cases, you just pick it up at the gate. Now, there are still some things that I don't understand. And don't get me wrong, I'm not being critical of TSA. I I'm very grateful that we have them, but there's still some, in my opinion, just some misunderstanding. For example, you can't pack in your carry-on knitting needles, but you can pack antlers 
And according to the TSA website, you actually can bring on the knitting needles, but I was behind a woman once who wasn't allowed to bring them on. But if you, if you are not allowed, then how can you can bring antlers back? Um, I also don't understand the rule about baby formula, breast milk, and toddler drinks. Those are also exceptions. They can be greater than 3.4 ounces, and they don't need to fit in the quart size bag. You'll have to be able to pull them out for a special inspection. Um, the same also applies to ice packs if it's for breast milk and formula. And guess what? Your child doesn't even need to be traveling with you in order to bring breast milk or formula back. You also are actually allowed to bring onboard fish in water that has more than 3.4 ounces. I'm talking about pet fish. What I can't understand is that let's say you're a terrorist and you're going to make a bomb from four ounces of water. And so you're not allowed to take that on the plane. Can't you do the same thing with breast milk? And if you are a bomb maker and you have the ability to make a bomb with a lollipop that's filled with liquid, can't you do the same with the liquid from the chocolate covered cherries, for example? I mean, I honestly can't see a terrorist giving a flip about flushing a live fish down the toilet. So they could bring back their live fish in a whole bunch of water. There are numerous other specifics about what you can and can't carry uh, in your carry-on. So if you're not sure, just give me a holler and I'll verify it. Now, I want to talk about what is the difference between TSA PreCheck, Global Entry, Nexus, and Clear. TSA PreCheck. Okay, this allows you to enter security without having to take off your shoes, your belt, or your jacket. It's valid only when you're traveling in the U.S. The lines are considerably shorter. You still have to follow the rules, as I stated before, about liquids and so on, but you don't have to remove the bag of liquids. They're, they're going to see it when they scan it. Please know that if you have TSA PreCheck, there will be still sometimes, possibly, that you aren't going to see that on your boarding pass. So always look at your boarding pass to be sure it actually says that. If not, you do have to go through the regular line. Every once in a while, it won't show up, and then you will have to go through the regular line. You can have pre-SA, pre-SA, TSA pre-check and not have global entry. Global entry, that is for immigration upon arrival in the U.S. after you've traveled internationally. It will save you time at customs and immigration. If you have global entry, you will automatically have TSA pre-check. But just because you have TSA pre-check, you're not going to automatically have global entry. So that means that when you, you'll use it when you initially leave the USA, that TSA part. What I mean is, say you're traveling from Chicago to London, you'll take advantage of TSA pre-check when you enter through Chicago, uh, security in Chicago. When you leave London to return home, you'll use global entry when you hit Chicago at immigration. You might have to listen to this again or just call me and I can send it to you in writing. 
When you arrive at immigration, you're going to see little kiosks, little machines. You scan your passport and you answer the customs questions such as, um, are you bringing back more than $10,000 in cash? Were you on a farm? That sort of thing. Your picture gets taken and then you take this printed paper and you hand it to the customs guy. And I, I want to say one more thing. It took me a long time to realize I don't have to jump up or stand on my tiptoes for the camera to see me. You can adjust the camera. <laughs> Sometimes you're, you know, you're tired when you get off and you don't think about the fact that the camera can be adjusted. Anyway, you take your, your printed paper and then you hand it to the customs guy. And then again, the lines to go through immigration are also much, much shorter. Clear, that's another one that you may have seen at airports. It's going to let you bypass the TSA representative altogether. It uses your eyes and your fingertips instead of an ID, like your, like your passport. It doesn't include TSA PreCheck, and it is the most expensive of all. And Nexus, that's N-E-X-U-S, it's primarily for people who travel between the USA and Canada. It gives you the same benefits as global entry. Let me know, please, if you want details on how to proceed to become approved, the cost, anything else on any of these programs. Please comment on this podcast, share it with your friends, and please give me ideas for future podcasts. Happy, happy traveling.